0: Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. We're talking today about mindfulness and how it's this little tiny superpower when we figure out how to do it. But I wanted to start with just the opposite of mindfulness, which is mindlessness. It's just this automatic, going through the motions without really being present in what's happening in the moment. It makes me think of this movie that I watched called Click with Adam Sandler. And it's about a guy who gets a remote control from the universe where he can remote control his life. Now, he can't rewind and replay his life other than to watch it. He can, you know, watch a a replay or a review, but he can fast forward his life if he doesn't want to experience something unpleasant. And so he ends up fast-forwarding through parts of his life. At one point, he's like, just fast-forward until I get this promotion because he's supposed to be getting a promotion by the end of the year, and he thinks he'll be happier when he has this promotion. He ends up fast-forwarding through 10 years of his life because that's how long it took to actually get the promotion. And of course, arriving there still doesn't make him happy. And so as we learn all these interesting things about being present in our lives or fast-forwarding through our lives... Eventually he asks the guy who gives him the remote, now, wait a minute, I've fast forwarded through my life, but, or through parts of my life, but my family didn't know that this happened and I was still there and they didn't, it's not like I just disappeared, they didn't know I was gone. So how does that work? And he shows him this video of what it was like for his family, for him to be mindless and just zooming through his life. They're in a dinner and they're just sitting there chatting and everybody's having a conversation and talking back and forth and asking questions. And he's just sitting there eating, just totally distracted, not involved in the conversation. And his wife says, so are you going to be there? And he's like, huh? Oh yeah, sure. Has no clue what she's talking about. Just not paying attention and being in the moment. I love that example because the opposite of this mindless, just going through the motions of our lives is mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is paying attention in a sustained way on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally. So it's really just bringing our attention to anything that's happening right this second without judging it. A lot of times mindfulness will bring you to your breath because you're always breathing. So it's a really easy thing to just bring your attention to. You're always breathing in the moment. And when we bring our attention to our breath, eventually our minds are gonna get distracted, we're gonna be thinking about other things, which is perfectly normal, it's part of the process, that's the point. And the exciting part is, is when you notice that your thoughts have, have taken you for a ride, at that moment, the superpower of mindfulness is to bring your attention back to your breath. Mindfulness is all about that bringing your attention back. It happens over and over again. You're distracted, you bring your attention back. You're following a thought, you bring your attention back. And the reason that that part of the mindfulness practice is so important and so exciting is that that's the pathway that you want to strengthen and increase in your brain. That's the pathway that is powerful is to be able to be distracted, frustrated in the middle of all the crazy, and then just say, I'm bringing my attention back to my breath. Breathe, slow it down, and it changes everything in the moment because you've practiced it. And that part of your brain is used to coming back to the present moment. So we don't get distracted and frustrated and upset when we have a whole bunch of thoughts and we can't keep our mind centered on our breath. We're grateful that we noticed it, bring our attention back to our breath. That's the power of mindfulness. So what does mindfulness actually look like? For some people, it looks like meditation. For some people, it looks like mindful chores or mindful eating. But at its essence, this is what it is for me. Mindfulness is Bringing your attention to what's happening right this second. You can feel your bum on the chair. You can feel your feet on the floor. It's about your senses. It's about inhabiting your body and bringing yourself back to your body. So if I were gonna be mindful right now, I would pause for a second. I would notice my feet touching the floor. I would notice the pressure of me sitting in my chair. I would notice the movements of my hands. I would notice the cool sensation of the breath coming in my nose and back out. And that's all it is. And when your thoughts wander off and you get interrupted in thinking about your thoughts, you bring your attention back to your breathing. That's all mindfulness is. So if it's that simple, what's the point? Why should we bother with mindfulness? There's several reasons for me that I wanted to share with you because it's become a superpower in my life and I really, really love it. So first of all, mindfulness helps me be present in the lives of the people that I love and care about. Just like in the Click movie, Adam Sandler ended up fast-forwarding through his life and just kind of going through the motions and being there. We all do that sometimes. That's not a bad thing. It's not terrible. It's part of being efficient in our lives. We're not always going to be perfectly present and mindful. Some things we need to do automatically. For example, if we're driving someplace and we get there and we look back and we're like, I don't even remember driving there. It just happens so automatically. Our brains are really equipped to do a lot of complex things automatically. And that's a good thing. It's just that sometimes we want to be able to come back to the present moment and be more present with who we're actually talking to. Yesterday, I was having a conversation with my husband and I had a question or something. The conversation brought up a thought. And so I was like, oh, I want to Google this. I have this question. So I picked up my phone and I Googled the little question while we were talking. And several moments later, I have no idea how long I was on this phone. I found myself scrolling through social media And I realized in some part of my brain, oh, wait, I was in the middle of a conversation. And so I looked up and my husband was just gone. So in that moment, which is a funny moment, I could be freaked out. I could be like, ah, what, you know, I can't believe I did that. I could feel bad. I don't know if he's going to be upset or not or whatever else. But all I did was I noticed it. I didn't judge it. I just said, oh, wow, I got distracted. And then I came back and went and found him and came back to the conversation That's exactly how it works with mindfulness. You can bring yourself back to the present moment when you notice that you've um, gone off and are distracted and followed something else. You can bring yourself back to that moment. And so being present with people I love and care about is one reason mindfulness is really helpful because it makes me present. The second thing is, I really like the calm feeling that it brings. I like feeling calm. I like feeling centered. And when I'm mindful, in the middle of anything, it doesn't have to be a separate mindfulness practice where I don't have distractions or anything like that, although that's helpful and can help you to practice it and strengthen that part of your brain. For me, I just like feeling calm. And so whenever I use it, even right now, it's calming my voice, it's slowing me down a little bit, and I like that feeling. The third thing for me that really is a superpower benefit of mindfulness, is that it rescues me from big emotions. In the moment of a big emotion, I can breathe, bring myself back to my breath, bring myself back to the present moment and the, and the physical body and things that are happening right around me and my, my sights and my sounds. And it calms me and it separates the hijack I'm feeling from the big emotions. It's almost like, for me, the sound and the experience of it all is like a movie that's just gone into slow motion and everything changes and all the sound goes away, almost like when you're skiing and it's just like the powder has dampened the sounds of the planet and everything is quieter. For me, mindfulness does that. It creates this little bit of space to rescue me from big emotions. Another thing it does is it lets me get my brain back. When I'm upset about something, I can't think. That's the way our brains function. We don't use the front of our brains, which uses a lot of energy when we're hijacked by a big emotion. And so for me, when I'm mindful and I take a breath and I focus on my, emo- on my, not on my emotions, when I focus on my breath for a minute and just sit in the place where I am and, and be present, It allows that emotional reaction to dampen a little bit, which allows me to get my brain back, which is then allowing me to solve the problem at hand or to do whatever I want to do and make a more rational choice. The fifth thing for me that helps me when I'm being mindful is that it stops the domino of recurring thoughts. So you know how you start worrying about the past. I mean, worrying about the future and you keep like having conversations in your head about how something's going to go, or maybe this is going to happen, or maybe that's going to happen. And you play out the conversations and scenarios in your head. I do that all the time. Most of us do that all the time. Or we replay the past. We keep replaying something and we just, I can't believe I just did that. And we replay it over and over again. It's like our brain starts a domino of this thought of worry for the future or replaying the pass and it just keeps going again and again it hits another domino and another domino and another domino another replay another replay and mindfulness is like putting your hand in the middle of those dominoes and the last domino hits your hand stops and stops the whole cascade of the rest of the dominoes they can't keep going because you're mindful for a moment during those times it's helpful for me not just to breathe and use that as mindfulness, but to even just work myself through a mindful meditation like Leanne, you're in your room. That person is not here right now. You're sitting at your desk. That was in the past. You're worried about what might happen in the future. You're having this thought. You're telling yourself this story. Right now, your book is in your hand. Your butt is in your chair. Your feet are on the ground. You're okay. You're here in the present moment listen to your breath and that pulls me out of the merry-go-round of thoughts long enough that then I can move on with my day. The sixth thing that's really helpful for me is that it's practice for my brain so that my brain knows how to get into a mindful state easier the next time. It's like training us to be better at slowing and calming ourselves or training us at focusing so it helps when you've done it a few times, once once you're better at it. And also you remember the skill because your brain has done it before and it's actually in the realm of your options and possibilities now. And so you're not only good at it because you've practiced it, it literally changes your brain. It's also that you can remember it because you've done it before and it's in your repertoire of options. They've done studies of... Looking at brains of people who meditate and people who don't meditation is like an extended form of mindfulness, something that you practice on a regular basis. And people who are really good meditators literally have different brains. There are parts of their brain with focus and control and other parts of their brain that are thicker and stronger and physically look different as well as operate differently under imaging that they can see how their brains are actually operating. And the last important part for me is that mindfulness is an element of cognitive reframing, which is a different kind of skill where you can reframe the story you're telling yourself. Such a powerful skill. But in order to reframe the story you're telling yourself, you actually have to be able to watch your thoughts and notice that it's a story, which is a form of mindfulness, Watching your thoughts just pass on down the way and bringing your attention back to your breath helps you see that your thoughts are separate from you. And so you can now do something about them. Yesterday, I was going on a walk with my husband and we were talking about something and right in the middle of the conversation, I noticed that I was telling myself a story about something and needed to reframe it. And so right in the middle of talking, I said, you know, I have a story I'm telling myself. I, the story I'm making up is this, and I want to reframe that story. And then we just continued on with the conversation. But what I noticed about it is when I noticed the story, I had this little mindful moment pause to actually acknowledge that there was a story. I could feel the mindfulness moment telling me there's a little story out there, there's a little gap here, what are you going to do about this story? And then I could move right in the middle of the conversation to act on the story, to reframe it, and to change it. Mindfulness is not always easy. There are things that are difficult about mindfulness. So there's two words that I really like that are kind of new to my vocabulary. One is dislike, and the other is discomfort. I never used to say, I'm experiencing some discomfort there. But the reason I like those two words is because it kind of backtracks the The emphasis or the importance of what's happening. And so when we're experiencing mindfulness and we're bringing our attention back to our breath and we're sitting there alone with our thoughts for a few minutes, sometimes our thoughts can be uncomfortable. They can be distressing. And so I ask myself in those situations, are you willing to experience some discomfort? Discomfort doesn't sound all that bad. If I said, are you willing to get really stressed out by your thoughts, then no, I'm kind of not willing to. I don't want to sit with a bunch of stress out thoughts that, that I don't like. But when I just say, are you willing to experience discomfort? It minimizes the experience and makes me realize it's a little uncomfortable, but I can live with this. It's okay. And I'm more willing to do mindfulness when mindfulness is hard for me, which it is sometimes. Sometimes it can be hard. The other thing that's sometimes hard about mindfulness is that the last step of bringing your attention back to yourself is, or I I don't want to say the last step, the ongoing step of continually bringing yourself back to your breath is that sometimes we lose our curious, non-judgmental stance. If we're going to follow our thoughts and then notice, oh, I was following my thoughts. I'm going to bring myself back to the moment, which is the whole point. Sometimes we judge ourselves for going off on the tangent in the first place. Oh, why can't I just sit here and focus on my breath? That's not the point. Don't worry about it. You can relax and not think about that part. And the second thing is sometimes we judge our actual thoughts. Like, I'm crazy town. If anyone knew I was thinking about that, they would not believe this. We don't need to judge our thoughts. Everybody's got crazy thoughts. It's just a thought. It's a sentence in your brain. Your brain produced a sentence that you think is crazy. Don't judge it. How about my brain just produced a sentence? Thank you, brain. I'm having the thought that and you tell your thought. I'm telling myself the story that it's not a big deal. There's nothing there to judge. It's not good or bad. It just is. It's important to approach mindfulness from a position of strength, from a position of what you're good at. So for example, I am really, really bad at consistency. There are days that I don't sleep the same. I don't even eat sometimes. It's like I'm just not good at consistency. But that's okay. I'm really good at a bunch of other things. I'm good at being a project girl. I'm good at picking up new skills long enough to get pretty good at it. And I'm good at noticing when I'm upset. And I love having options. So if I want options and I want to learn mindfulness, one of the things that I can do is just immerse myself in mindfulness for a little bit. I love learning new things. I'm curious and I like to experiment. And so if it were me, I would approach mindfulness by saying, hmm, I want a new tool in my tool belt. So how do I do this mindfulness thing? And I would kind of intensely work on it for a little while, I would make it a project. I would probably download some apps. I would get the Calm app and I would get the Headspace app and I would practice it a little bit and I would try to do it throughout the day and I would spend a few weeks really getting the hang of what this mindfulness thing is and then I would have an option and I would be able to use it later. Now other people are going to totally disagree with this idea and think that you really need to have it consistently happen in your life or it's not going to be useful and there's a point to that. The idea is that you can bring your own personality and strengths to mindfulness and use it in a way and learn it in a way that's useful for you. On your quest to learn and practice mindfulness, I wanted to bring up the idea that there's a lot of different ways to do it, a lot of different practices that you can implement. So for example, first one is just a mindful moment where at any point throughout the day, you just breathe. Bring yourself back to the present reality, notice your breath, and you can do it anytime you want to. Another exercise that you can do is sensory mindfulness, where you focus instead of on your breath on one of your other senses, where you just notice what you can hear, or you can use some sort of aromatherapy or, or lotion or something that smells good and something that you just pay attention to the smell, like to, uh, a hot cup of tea or something, if that's something that smells good to you and you notice that sense. Another kind of mindfulness exercise is mindfulness chores. So when we're doing the dishes, we do the dishes. We notice the sensation of the water falling over our hands. We notice the warmth of it. We notice the feel of the bubbles. Mindfulness tends to be something sensory because when we bring ourselves back to the present moment, That's what our body is doing, is it's sensing what's happening around us. That's why focusing on our breath is such a mindful thing, because we're always breathing. So if you're going to bring yourself back to the present moment, focusing on your breath is always going to be there. (laughs) You're always going to have a breath to be focusing on. Another exercise that we can do is mindful eating, where we take classically a small raisin or really a bite of anything, and you just mindfully experience the moment of it. I had a friend once who was experiencing multiple sclerosis and was bedridden for a while and we would go over and take turns bringing her lunch and I came to bring her lunch and she told me about this mindful eating of a Snickers, how she would take one of those tiny bite-sized Snickers and put a bite in her mouth and she would make it last for minutes and minutes and she described the warmth of the chocolate melting over her tongue and the roughness of the, of the nougat and the peanuts and, and the taste of it and the sensation of it. And it was really quite an experience to hear her explain how she would do this to be more mindful throughout her day. Another thing we can do is to be in nature, to ground ourselves in nature, to go barefoot in the grass for just a minute. That mindful moment in nature is something that we experience because we're experiencing something bigger than ourselves And again, we bring ourselves to the present moment and experience of it. Another thing that some people do is meditation. You can actually create a practice of being mindful at the same time each day for a few minutes. Um, There's a lot of different meditation practices that are both your own that you can do or a guided meditation where you listen to someone guide you through the breathing, the paying attention to your thoughts, and maybe focusing on a particular aspect of, of our thinking that they want to focus on for that particular guided meditation. And then the last one is active mindfulness. This is something from the research of Alan Langer and Shelley Carson. And they talk about mindfulness being actively noticing new novel things in your environment. So for example, I used to go walking with a friend and we live in Arizona and the suburbs. and we would talk about how Arizona is ugly (laughs) and how we wish we could get out into the nature. And by nature, we're thinking the beach or a forest walk or something like that. I was in a positive psychology class and we had the assignment of taking photographs of our normal natural environment and then sharing them with the class in this little forum. And so the next time I went on my walk, I brought my phone and I started taking photographs of new novel things that I was noticing. And it was fascinating. I, I saw all kinds of beautiful things in the yards that people had created. I noticed that even in the bushes, just having bushes there instead of this expanse of concrete was refreshing and, and invigorating. And now when I go on walks, I don't see it as, oh, I wish I could get into nature because I'm in the suburbs with a lot of asphalt and concrete and houses. I see it as there are new novel things for me to notice here. And I am outside and I am in nature if I just notice the nature. If you already practice mindfulness, a lot of these ideas will resonate with you. If you're new to mindfulness, it's worth giving it a try. It's worth spending some time figuring out how you want to approach it. It's like a little mini superpower that when you add it to your life has so many benefits. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.